0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera, and I am flanked by producer Corey Benavidez here. He is enjoying a flank steak, so, you know, I had to get the pun in there.
1: This, this flank steak sucks, Joe.
0: Hey, look, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. You know, steak is a rare medium. Well done. Um, And, you know, we just had to, you know, we had to start you guys off with a nice little pun here. Now, besides that, we are going to be giving you our NBA best bets. And it's a big Wednesday slate. Things are a little wonky right now because of all the load management. And I know that that's something that normally, you know, Maybe you're not responsible for, but somebody else, maybe your significant other is responsible for that. But um, we are going to be giving out our three best bets. And the first one we're going to start off with is the Brooklyn Nets minus two against the Memphis Grizzlies, Sans John Morant. John Morant is going to be resting in this game. And... Uh, I like the Nets minus two. This line's moved a lot already. So hop on that. The next game that we're going to be looking at is the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat are minus five and a half at home against the Golden State Warriors. And we're going to be taking them. And the third bet is going to be the Boston Celtics. You might see I logged it in the action app at minus six, but uh, it, the line has kind of shifted down the half point. We are at minus five and a half. So that's the Boston Celtics minus five and a half against the Utah Jazz. And uh, we'll get back to the analysis on that. Now, um, look, we wanted to make actually do a little bit of a general uh, overview here, but I am excited. Uh, You know, we, we have a guest coming on in two weeks and it's going to be for Major League Baseball's opening day. Uh, I'm going to tease it. You know, you guys might see me interact with this person on the Twitter machine. So it's not going to be, it might not be a huge surprise, but he would be a new guest on the pod. And uh, he's got quite a bit of following. So I'm going to wait. We're going to do a little bit of a reveal, but I want to get the, I want to get the the, the engines churning. I want you guys to think about who that might be. Um, But this has been crazy. There's a lot of sports going on. And, you know, mainly, obviously a lot of people have the, march madness everybody's got the ncaa bracket i obviously don't know what i'm doing with that and that is obviously why i kentucky winning my bracket in iowa in my final four same (laughs) same i was out before the game started it's the worst so like i'm in a survivor pool which is at least fun and i'm still alive in that but it's it's brutal like it's tough but i will say that there are a lot of really smart minds out there i don't know college basketball and i don't have like algorithms i can i can't really handicap it but there's a lot of different people that you can follow that are you know really really sharp in terms of not only the lines but in terms of the props and you know i i've i've told you guys i listen to dominic i listen to Stu, i listen to monotone football i listen to prop that guy there's a lot of guys that are really really excellent betters of college basketball so you know don't go into it blind and just like look around and say like oh this is kind of crazy you know kind of think about it so I, I think that we it we'd be remiss to not discuss St. Peter's here it's absolutely insane and I can't deal with this dog right now so I'm gonna give her a bone <laughs> five hours later we're really on a roll today so <laughs> I don't know you know Corey I don't know if what your thoughts are on the NCAA tournament so far, but this story with St. Peter's is crazy. And it seems like he might be the new Seton hall coach after this, after the season, but he's had some zingers of quotes here. Um, I, I don't know what to think about this. Like, do they win again? Like I,
1: if they, win, I don't know. I'm going to lose my shit.
0: Yeah. Like, I think it's kind of crazy. It's, it's really tough that like in being from New Jersey, like we can't bet on them. But I think the thing that's been really, well, this is actually what I found really interesting besides St. Peter's and like the fact that like, yeah, they're obviously rigging games. Holy shit. It's unbelievable. (laughs) We can't bet on them. Um, But besides that, like I put in Duke to win, to to make the final four pre-tournament at plus 440 it's after the first weekend and the line only moved to plus 400. So I'm like a little skeptical in terms of these books, like, like with the lines they're laying, I think that, you know, kind of depending on the situation, you can just keep, it's like, it's just advantageous to wait a little bit and like kind of look forward and like project what the matchups are going to be in the bracket, you know? So it's like, if you're looking you're saying, Oh, well, like this team's going to have this tough matchup maybe let's wait till after that or let's just try to bet it on the spread or you know maybe that's why the line is where it is so it's really interesting i don't i don't really know a ton about it i still think that at this point uh villanova could villanova could possibly win right now and they've moved from 25 to 1 down to 13 to 1 so they're one of the teams i'm keeping an eye on uh you know and I don't know. Like I don't I don't really know. I don't, I don't know too much. So I'm not going to try to lead you that you lead you guys down this path. But uh, I, I I just want to have some action, as I'm sure a lot of you do. So, <laughs> you know, don't obviously don't force it. Um, if you don't have something preseason, or if you don't, you know, somebody else isn't on it that you don't trust or something like that. But Uh, I, I do think that Villanova is a viable option here. Uh, that's, that's enough NCAA talk, I think, but actually, you know what? No, this is it. Chet Holmgren is a freak. And I don't know what you guys, like the guy, I've never seen anything like this. He is... So Matt one of the guys from the action network he tweeted out this thing and it was like about how Alperin Sengun is 6 foot 8 and he's like 260 pounds. Chet Holmgren is 7 foot 1 and like 100 150 pounds. It's I don't understand how a person It's one ninety four stature. dude, I don't understand. I don't understand how he's like doing this. And I think the thing that's important to understand because the odds for him to go number 1, he's plus money, he's like plus 130 or so. I think he's going to go number one in the NBA draft. And this is why every time he's gone through like a different stage of his career, the big critique has always been, he's not big enough. He's too skinny. And he just keeps doing the craziest stuff of all time. Um, You know, he's, he's just blocking people and then getting the rebound, like getting the block from midair. It's, it's crazy. He's a freak. So I, I don't see why he can't, do this in the NBA. Obviously that is the ultimate step up into the NBA, but it's like, he's got the body of Alexander Pokashevsky, but the skill level of, and like the handle and the defensive ability of, you know, someone like the upper, the upper echelon of talent, like, you know, in terms of offense in the NBA and defense. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. I don't know who's going to draft him. Obviously I hope there's a frozen envelope and the Knicks get him, but you, I, I really I really doubt that. Uh, but I, you know, I, I just think it's a good, I think it's a great option. So I, I think that he is going to go number one. I would not be surprised. Um, whether I would want to lay money on it is one thing, but I'm just saying it in terms of, so that anyway, you guys, if you're looking to see who you want to bet to go number one, or if they start opening up some markets, I think Chet Homer is going to go number one. I think he's awesome. And that kind of is why, I think it's tough to even beat Gonzaga in this tournament. I've, is Drew Timmy like eighty years old? I don't understand. How long has he been on this team?
1: I will never, ever trust them to get it done.
0: I, I mean, yeah, that's 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 reasonable. Like I think, but it's just it's so
1: odd. I've been burned so many times, Joe. It just I, I fucking hate this. I took a I took a long break from filling out brackets for this very reason. <laughs> I started back up about two years ago. Three years ago, I guess, because COVID, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I never should have gone back. I should have just gambled on the games like a happy person and not done a stupid fucking bracket.
0: It's kind like, of just like lighting money on fire, yeah. honestly. These teams
1: who, like, you're like, how could they not? And then, bang.
0: It's they like, lose. Gonzaga. Yeah. They they not. Yeah, they Gonzaga, not.
1: Gonzaga has done it to me. <laughs> too many. To so,
0: we'll, we'll, we'll come back to it, like, you know, come national championship. we'll We'll give out our picks once the field narrows a little bit, but... For now, for now, you know, be smart. Don't, you don't have to, you literally don't have to bet on every game. Um, now, well, let me just I say to-, to all of the New Jersey
1: residents who voted down the proposition that would allow us to gamble on New Jersey sports teams and college athlete and college athletics. Go fuck yourself. I'm missing out on all the fun right now. I hate you. If St. Peter's wins their next game, I'd put me on suicide. Watch call like, you know, 5150 me. I'm going to be fucking insane. I'm going to be so angry. I missed out on all that happiness and joy, and I've refused to cross the Hudson River to lay down a fucking bet for a New Jersey team. Take it away. I'm with you.
0: I'm with you. Um, Now, I want to touch on baseball really quickly, because, and this kind of is going to bleed into basketball as well. One of the things that's really interesting is that uh, in New York, the mayor, uh, Mayor Adams, said that he does not envision, at least in the near future, lifting on the vaccine mandate uh, in terms of, you know, like players being able to play. So this is going to impact a variety of players. Like it obviously impacts Kyrie Irving. It's going to impact the Yankees, I think, to some extent, but I'm, I'm a little uncertain of how the rules are going to be directly applied. And, you know, that's something we can talk about moving forward. But the thing that was more important, like in terms of this, isn't so much New York it's toronto so this applies to both the like both the major league baseball and the nba because the toronto raptors look like they're poised to at least you know maybe host the play-in game in toronto so right now and Corey, i feel like Corey's nuanced on this but toronto has different rules and basically you can't play if you're not vaccinated and there's no like really there's no workarounds it's not a visiting player thing it's just like it doesn't matter. Like, you have to be vaccinated. So, when I'm looking at these divisional odds, I'm looking at the American League East. And the Toronto Blue Jays are plus 185 to win the division. They're actually favored to win the division. The Yankees are plus 195. The Rays are plus 300. The Red Sox are plus 550, which is kind of a weird number considering how good they were last year. And then the Orioles are 150 to 1. So, I obviously sprinkled the Orioles just a little bit because, like, I, You know, how do you not? But besides that, I'm very curious to see. I I think that this actually is going to give Toronto like a significant advantage. I would imagine that and and there hasn't really been any reports about Toronto's players being unvaccinated. So in the meantime, we've heard things such as like the, the heart of the Yankees lineup is, you know, may be questionable for Toronto games. You know, you don't know about the Red Sox. Either way, the the Blue Jays, you play 18 games against your divisional opponents. So that's nine home games a pop. Um, and against these four teams, you know, that's 36 games at home. Plus obviously your, your regular home schedule of 81 games. I, I think I feel like, I feel like this has to give Toronto a significant advantage in the divisional market. And, you know, even in terms of seeding and regular season win total, uh so you know they're they're plus 185 to win the division, and I'm looking for their, you know, I'm looking at their uh win total prop, or I'm looking for their win total prop as we speak right now. I'm on the DraftKings app here, and they are set at 91 and a half. So they're really good. Their offense is incredible. They were a team that people were worried about last season in the postseason if they could have made it there. Now I think you give them another year of like another year of experience, and you you add this wrinkle basically where opposing teams might not be able to bring the heart of their order to Toronto. I think I think I I can't. It's hard to it's I I feel like they have to be in an advantage. Um, so that's that's a bet. Like as much as much of a Yankees fan as I am, these are some bets that I'm looking at because I want to be able to game these vaccine rules. I. Like, look, the United States has their own stance on, you know, whatever the politics of COVID 19 are at this point and, you know, what they think is safe, you know, whatever the CDC says. That's one thing. You go to another country like Canada, and I feel like, Corey, is Canada more liberal than us? Probably, right? Like,
1: uh, it depends.
0: Yeah. The city um, of Toronto, it- yes. Yeah. So like it's in this like specific instance, you're dealing with a city that's more like, you know, liberal, that's probably going to keep these mandates. I would think longer um, because their stance hasn't even softened at all, as opposed to say like New York's whose has softened and New York is like generally considered a liberal city. Um We don't know how long it's going to last. It could last all season. It could last even a couple months, but either way, I think that this is a significant advantage for the Toronto blue Jays. And those are both bets that I'm probably going to be making at over 91 and a half wins. And, you know, maybe a little taste of winning the division and, uh, you know, maybe they have some like regular season win match bets, you know, compared to other teams or to make the playoffs, like these are all bets that I really like, because if you look at, you know, at their odds to just make the playoffs, they're they're minus three ninety. So we're like, we're not going to do that. Maybe we can parlay it, but the field is widened a little bit now. The DH is standard. I think they outlawed the shift and everything. So I, I really think that Toronto has like a significant chance to win this division. Um, because I think that the Yankees odds in particular are a little bit inflated off of what they probably should be just because they're the New York Yankees. Um, so those are some bets that I'm going to be looking at now to pivot. I'm going to save a lot of the baseball stuff. You know, we'll, we'll talk on a little bit next week, but we'll we'll really come back to it. Uh, you know, the day before we, we're going to have the, pod the day before opening day, we'll give out some futures. Um, I'll probably give out some futures next week. Uh, so that way you guys can make sure you get them in before lines move, things lock, maybe some awards. Uh, and we'll touch on that, but this brings me to the NBA. And when we look at the NBA uh, and we look at the sta- the NBA standings, we're we're kind of starting to see what the playoff picture is going to be. Um, it looks like the Suns are obviously locked. The Suns are already clinched. They're gonna they're gonna realistically be the one seed. And it looks like the Warriors, with the Steph Curry injury, they're starting to slide. And it's entirely possible that they can slide all the way down to the four seed, which is a little crazy, if you, you know, considering the way that they started this season, um, the Grizzlies may be locked into the two, and then you're looking at, you know, the Jazz can maybe pass the Warriors, but I don't think the Warriors will fall any lower than four. So you have these teams that are kind of jockeying for position. And the Timberwolves have been incredible over the past couple of weeks. They're number two in terms of point differential in the league over the past two weeks uh, to the Boston Celtics being number one. We'll get on that. We'll touch on them later because they are just wrecking worlds right now. And I think that In the West, it looks like the Pelicans are going to settle into the 10. The Spurs are a little far out of it at this point. They're two games back in the loss column. And there's something that I heard that was important. When you look at the playoffs right now, it's not as important to look at games back. It's more important to look at what the loss column games are, because you can't make up the losses. You can make up the wins, but you can't make up the losses. So, you know, that's really that's really what's most important in terms of the playoff race now. Do, do I want to bet on anybody right now? Well, if I'm looking in the Western Conference, I think that one of the most interesting wrinkles is going to be whether or not Paul George returns for the LA Clippers, because they're settled. They're pretty much locked into the eight seed here. And there's they can't really move up. They're not going to move down. But if Paul George comes back, it's a one game you're in, and you're probably playing the Grizzlies, which is a disaster for for the Grizzlies. Like, I would, if I'm the Grizzlies, I hate this because you basically are just getting a team that's kind of stuck around. Then you have a superstar in Paul George that, and they had just have wings on wings on wings. So uh, that's not a matchup I like for the Grizzlies. Alternatively, right now, you have the Timberwolves who rolled in the seven seed, who have been literally one of the best teams in the NBA over the past couple of weeks. So the Grizzlies are a team that I'm absolutely not betting to do like anything in the playoffs. Like I think that they can out athletic a couple teams, like if they can get through the first round, but I'm not convinced that their model is sustainable. They play a lot of, they really need their transition offense to, to fire in order to win. And that's usually something that gets limited in the postseason. So I'm definitely not betting on the Grizzlies. And what's going to be really interesting is like the Mavs don't make any sense. I don't understand why they're good, but they're still really good. Their defense has been incredible and I'm not, I'm not looking to bet them, but they're definitely like an interesting matchup for a couple of these teams. But I think the thing that we really need to consider is if Steph Curry's not healthy, can anybody really beat the suns? Probably not. Um, I mean, if the Lakers get healthy, but even then, like they they just cannot, they have not shown that they can defeat really anybody. So to me, I think the teams that are really coming out of the West, like it's it's going to be really tough to beat the Suns. And I know that we got that Nuggets bet in before at 35 to one, which, you know, I, I still like to win the title. Um, and that's down to 30 to one now at DraftKings. We gotta hope that they get Michael Porter Jr. back. He should be back within a week, and then you know Jamal Murray, and then maybe they can survive a first round matchup, and we see where they are in terms of their health. So, uh, but that that's always something that we can hedge a little bit later. I think we got a good number, and we're getting that free bet. Um, but now I'm gonna look at the Eastern Conference, and I think what I was telling, what I was saying to you guys before, in regards to the Raptors is really interesting. So, the Raptors are one game back in the loss column of the six seed, which is the Cavaliers. And that would set up as of now, that would set up a matchup with the Bucks, which I don't really like. But if they wind up playing the 76ers, it becomes this interesting thing because the, the Raptors are much better coached than Philly. And they have a lot of length. I'm not saying that they're better than Philly. I think that they could maybe beat Philly. And obviously the vaccine mandate isn't an issue for Philadelphia right now. Um, as it would have been had they had Ben Simmons. But it creates this, it definitely creates like an interesting thing in terms of, you know, the travel. Now, with the Raptors, right now they're the seven seed. And that means they would have the home game in the play in tournament, which means that if they play the Brooklyn Nets, which is the way it's slated right now, they would, the, the Nets would not be able to play with Kyrie Irving, or, or, and, you know, which is, which is the significant. Issue for them. Um, as good as Kevin Durant is, they are significantly better when the two of them both play together. So I don't like, I, I like, think, look, the Nets are going to, the Nets should make the playoffs. Uh, it's going to be tough for them to, you know, I think drop two games there, but you just never know in terms of the variance. Like, and it's weird because the Nets still, they're in the playing tournament and they're plus 250 to win the conference. So if you're looking at this, like, if the Nets are the seven seed, if they win that game and they're the seven seed and they play like the Sixers, the Bucks, are they going to be favored in that matchup? Like, I don't... It's like really hard to wrap your head around here that the team coming out of the play-in tournament could actually be favored over like the Miami Heat, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Boston Celtics, like they could be favored. And like based on the odds to win the Eastern Conference... This is implying that they should be favored in that matchup, which I don't think makes a lot of sense. And like the Nets, I don't I don't think you can really bet on them right now. I, I think it's crazy to even think about betting on them just because of a two-game variance. And like they're only one game ahead of the Hornets in the loss column. And they only have three more games where Kyrie can play really. Um, Over the rest of the season, so if they fall into a into a situation where they have to win two games, it's like it's possible they could miss the playoffs. I'm not saying it's likely, but it's definitely possible. When you're playing teams like the Hornets and the Hawks, you know if they dropped in if they dropped into that matchup, you know you're playing the the Raptors, who are a good team, and then you're playing the Hornets and the Hawks, who just have these dynamic offenses. That you know, if for some reason you're cold that day you might not be able to beat them then and keep up with the offensive pace that they're going to put, you put out there. Now, with all that being said, I still think that a lot of these teams have wrinkles. And the team that's really rising up is the Boston Celtics. They're three games back of Miami in the loss column. Uh, they're currently sitting in fourth. They have 28 losses. The Bucks and Sixers both have 27, and the Heat have 25. Now, the interesting thing about the Celtics, they're 6-1 to one to win the East, and they are 12-1 to one to win the title. The thing about the Celtics is their defense has been absolutely freakish of late, and they actually have the number one adjusted defensive rating in the league, and they're the number two team in adjusted net rating, second, second only to the Phoenix Suns. And the Suns are plus 7.5. The Celtics are plus 6.2. The thing that's interesting about the Celtics is they literally hold the tiebreaker over every single team in the Eastern Conference. And normally these are things that don't really matter, but they might matter this year for the seeding purposes, because you really don't want, it's odd. You don't really want to be the two seed because you don't want to play Brooklyn in the first round, because that's the most likely matchup out of the first round. If you're the two seed and to jump the, but to jump into the one, you still have the possibility of playing Brooklyn, you know, in the first round. Um, I, I think you, you still want to try to get to the one seed, but they're in an interesting spot because I would want to play the bulls. I think almost any single team in the East wants to play the bulls or the Cavs because the Cavs have really slipped lately. Jared Allen is hurt and the bulls, you have like significant defensive issues and Lonzo ball. They were actually ramped down his rehab and his point of attack defense coupled with Alex Caruso's is so significant and so impactful and so important for the bulls that, if they don't have him as like another facilitator, off ball handler and, or off, you know, and creator and his defensive presence, this bulls team, their defense is abysmal. They're bottom third in the league. So I don't, I think that you want to play the bulls or the Cavs. So I'm not sure how much Celtics is going to want to move up, but if the Celtics obviously like maintain the pace that they're going at, I was looking at it and I'm like, well, why can't Tatum win MVP? He's literally 200 to one. And part of it has to do with the fact that, um, you know, I, I don't think his numbers are totally there, uh, in terms of points, rebounds and assists, even though he's having an incredible year, he's like 27, eight and four. Um, his VORP is higher than John Morant's actually, which is value over replacement players. So I know that John Morant, like really is the reason the Grizzlies are the two seed in the West, but just throwing that out there, uh. I think that the way that they might reward the Celtics if the Celtics are able to make this leap into the one seed, especially with this type of push late in the season, is Ime Adoka is the coach, and I know that Monty Williams is like a minus one thousand favorite to win Coach of the Year. I think that that line is like a little bit overstated, and like I get that the Suns are really really good, but I think that at forty to one. There's a little bit of value on a Doka to win coach of the year. So if you got a free bet that's on MGM, I think it's also on uh points bet. If they, if they can get to the one seed in the East, I don't, I don't see why they, why he can't win coach of the year. He's a first year coach. He's taking this team. They have the best defense in the league. I, I don't see, I don't think it's that crazy uh, for him to win you know, coach of the year. And at 40 to one, at least it presents you with maybe some cash out value. So maybe toss it in as like two separate bets, split your wagers so you cash one out. If you, you know, if this line moves as as the Celtic kind of improved, because I'm seeing a lot of 20 to ones at other books. So at 40 to one, I think that we're getting a, a, like an absolute ton of value here. So I, I really, I really like that. I really like that angle there. All right. So this is going to lead me To the fact that I think the Celtics are really good. I think the Celtics could win the East. They're at six to one. I don't think it's totally crazy. And the one issue that I have with them is they just seem to do this thing where like every time you think that they should win, they don't. (laughs) So uh, I, I obviously have that concern. And you know, if Tatum and Brown just aren't firing on all cylinders, like did they peak too early right now? Or is this something that they're going to be able to transfer and translate into the playoffs? Uh, while you're looking at other teams like the Bucks, who just are like, you know, they're beating who they're supposed to be, but you can tell like they're just ramping up for the playoffs. They don't totally care about, you know, the regular season in the way that most other teams might. So, I'm looking at some of these, I'm going to try to gauge it as I see the matchup starting to like fall into place because we're kind of getting into that point where you can start projecting. Uh, and and I'm very, very curious to see, you know, where these seeds kind of line up. But considering the fact that in terms of gains back, uh, not looking at the loss column, the Sixers, Bucks and Celtics are really, are essentially all tied uh, with the Celtics having one more loss, but also one more win. I'm very curious to see, how this kind of shakes out at the top of the East. And that might influence a little bit of like what exactly I'm going to do. But another thing that's important is if you look at it, the 76ers, they're, they're starting to rest guys, like they're starting to rest and be, they're resting hard. And, and I think this is something that we can see and we're going to see on back to backs. They're not trying to, I don't know if they're necessarily trying to skirt anybody in the first round, but they're definitely trying to make sure that their guys are rested. And one of the things that this is going to impact is obviously the MVP race. And right now, depending on the book, Embiid is between like minus one twenty and minus one sixty to win MVP, while Nikola Jokic is plus one thirty five, plus one forty, and then you have Giannis Antetokounmpo between eight to one and ten to one. If the bu- like the main argument for Embiid has been that his record is better, like he's on a better team, he's leading the team. They're 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 only. A couple games they're only three games better in the lost column than nuggets and like i said they're tied with the bucks so i don't see why this doesn't create a little bit of value on Giannis at 10 to 1 Giannis's numbers are incredible he's having another career year and he's kind of been doing this under the radar and there's been a lot of games where he's had guys missing between middleton drew whatever I don't see why there's not a little bit of value on Giannis at 10 to one. I think he could still win the award. I think this is a three man race, not a two man race. And if you, if you have an Embiid position, if you have a Jokic position, I don't think it's totally crazy to open up a Giannis position, at least to kind of hedge a little bit, just because I think that if the Bucs, like, they're, like I said, there's a path to the one seed. They're only two games back in the loss column. That, you know, if the Nuggets fall off and they fall into the play-in, granted, that has a lot to do with the fact that the West is so stacked. But if the Bucks move into the one seed, the Sixers fall to four or five, it's, it's going to be harder to not give it to Giannis. So I think that opening up a, a, a position on Giannis to win MVP right now might be something that's prudent to do. So with that, I'm going to talk about these games that we're going to be betting tomorrow. So... Like I said, first, we have the Nets. They're minus two. They're against the Memphis Grizzlies. John Morant's not playing. And if we look at this, John Morant, there's a reason he's in the MVP conversation. He's not going to win MVP, but there's a reason why he's in the conversation. And it's the fact that he is that important to this team. This line swung from the Nets were already getting hit at plus three and a half, uh, and it had gone down to plus two. And then with John Morant's news being rolled out, it swung all the way to Nets minus two. Um, And I think that we might even see this hit minus three, minus three, like minus three and a half. This is not like really a great spot. I don't think for, you know, for, for the Grizzlies and uh, like the Nets, they're going to have Kyrie Irving playing. They're on the road. I really, really like this spot for Brooklyn and at minus two, you know, the Nets, they still, even though in adjusted net, they're just 16th on the season. The difference is really like, you have to look at their numbers, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And when the two of them are playing, they're just wrecking teams. Like the starting lineup, as long as it's like currently composed, is scoring like 130 points per 100 possessions. So, and they're doing this in transition. They're doing this in the half court. It really doesn't even matter. And without John Morant, I think it's harder for this Grizzlies team to really create now, the other thing I'm going to mention here is a lot of people, when John Morant's out, you want to bet on a lot of people tend to want to bet on Desmond Bain. Bain's numbers don't really change much when John Morant's out. So the windup is you actually see inflated lines, and it's a good opportunity to bet their on un- his unders. Right? Now, like against this Nets team, I don't know if that's something I want to do, but you know, we'll we'll take a look and see how those prop lines come out. But just keep that in mind. His numbers kind of stay the same we're seeing inflated lines it's not something i'm running to go bet so i'm gonna be locking in the nets at minus two for the next bet i'm gonna be taking the miami heat minus five and a half against the golden state warriors here's why i think we're gonna get the best of this line first off this is a back-to-back for the warriors the warriors are currently playing as like we speak against the magic and obviously steph curry's not playing in that game. Klay Thompson played, and Draymond Green played. I'm curious to see if they rest them both on the on this back end of a back-to-back, especially against a Miami Heat team that, you know, maybe they can meet in the finals. Maybe they don't want to show all their cards. Like, maybe they don't want new film on them. But I think the five-and-a-half is short kind of no matter what um, because Curry is just so, so, so important to this team. Look, the Warriors in adjusted net, they're plus six, Miami is plus 4.1, uh, but, th- but obviously like there's no Curry. And when we look at this, uh, Miami, you know they haven't been as good over the last couple of weeks. They're four and three. Their offense has struggled a little bit, uh, but they're still a plus three in point differential. And while Golden State over the past two weeks, they're four and three with a plus 6.7 point differential. I'm very concerned about the rest here. And I could see, you know, Andrew Wiggins was on the report today. Moses Moody was on the report or yesterday, rather. I, I'm very curious to see what kind of lineup they tried out here against the Miami heat. So at minus five and a half, I'm absolutely grabbing that line. Um, I think there's value on it no matter what, especially because of the way that Steph Curry is such a floor raiser or a ceiling razor rather for that team. Now the net, the last game that we're looking at is the Utah jazz they're plus five against the Boston Celtics. And Look, the Jazz are good. The Jazz are third in adjusted net. They're first in offensive rating and they're 10th in defensive rating. Uh, while the Celtics are second in adjusted net, they're 12th in adjusted offensive rating and first in adjusted defensive rating. But my concern here is that Boston, you know, their defense has been so good. They've been really, really, really locking down teams. And the thing is, Where they what they do is they've really defended the three point line very well. Uh, them between them and the Phoenix Suns, they're one and two in terms of defending effective field goal percentage allowed from three point range. And this is something that we know Utah likes to do, this is something that we know Utah likes to capitalize on. And I struggle to see if they can do that against Boston, who has so many wings, who has so much length, and they they should be able to really clamp down on, you know, the Donovan Mitchells and then take advantage of the coverage that Rudy Gobert is going to offer you. So look, I think this is going to be a really good game. It's, but I, I just think that in terms of recent form, I trust Boston a lot more here because if I, if I can tell you anything, if I'm betting the NBA the two teams that I probably don't like to trust the most are the Utah Jazz and the Boston Celtics. But right now, I trust the Boston Celtics a hell of a lot more. So at minus five and a half, uh, I think, I think you are getting a good deal, especially with Boston at home. And that's definitely a line that I'm going to be taking. So we're going to be taking the Nets minus two, the Heat minus five and a half, and the Celtics minus five and a half as well. So with that, uh, we're gonna we're gonna head it on. We're gonna see how producer Corey's doing today.
1: I am in the best mood. Yeah? The devils are up by four fucking goals against the Rangers. I could not be happier. I'm putting you on notice now. I may not be available April 5th. You may have to record on yourself because I What's may have April? to go to
0: their next game. Okay, that's fair. It might it might just have to happen then.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to recommend when you go to games, <clears throat> getting popcorn and not eating all of it. Uh, it's usually too salty anyway, and it's kind of shitty. But when you're te- if you're there with a buddy who roots for the other team, it's really fun to pour it over their head when the game's over, if, if you want. Uh, it's nice to have in your back pocket. Shove it under your seat. Forget about it for all three periods. And just hope to God you can pull off a victorious, lovely result and just waterfall that popcorn all over his dumb ass um and yeah that's my recommendation buy popcorn when you're watching games with an adversary and dump it on their ass when you win
0: i love it i love it i'm here for it um just make sure they don't have a dairy allergy you know sure um i might make that the uh, butter. i may make that the special cover art for this episode i have a picture <laughs> um so i'm obviously going to recommend our cash that picks we are hitting our cash that picks at uh an absurd you know the devil sign a 66.66666 hit rate um it's a fucking sign
1: pl- joe it's a sign
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're plus 8.44 units on the season and besides that uh you know obviously the sharp sharks discord and i am going to be recommending quinoa um been doing this quinoa salad and it's, it's fantastic. I couldn't tell you what's really in it. I just know it's quinoa. There's some lemon juice, a little bit of red wine vinegar, some red onion, uh, and some cucumbers. And let me tell you, thing's awesome. It's good hot. I think it's better cold. It's also good like on a salad. I added it into a wrap the other day. Um, it's, it's just like a nice, easy thing. And it's pretty light. And it's a lot more nutritious than rice. And I think you guys should take this a little bit more seriously considering I'm Asian and I'm telling you that it's more nutritious than rice. So just, just throwing that out there. Not, you know, not that I necessarily know better, but you know, obviously.
1: (laughs) Sure. Sure. Sure.
0: Sure. So, Oh, and if you have any t-shirts that are kind of old, but you're not sure what to do with them, make it a cutoff. Um, and with that,
1: when you're painting,
0: or that, or that, or do both?
1: You got you so cut many them recommendations off then, this episode, Jesus Christ!
0: I, I'm just so excited. Cut Go them watch off. Watch Power and then, the Dog. Yeah, and then paint the paint while you you have them cut hang off. On, so that on, way, you know.
1: from the from the game.
0: What's up? Yo,
2: uh, are you actually gonna try to come on the fifth?
1: Yeah, probably. All right. Do you guys leave yet?
2: Yeah, we just left, but I grabbed ticket store in the second, but I'll return them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, tell Tony to go fuck himself. Bye. Tony is the victim in my popcorn attack.
0: Oh, alright. Well, hopefully he doesn't press salt charges.
1: I mean, it's hella salty. From
0: the salted pop from the salt popcorn. Okay. Alright. So everybody, with that, you know, those are our those are those are our recommendations. You got our picks. Let's cash that. Uh